0: We live in a world of violence, war, magic, and the supernatural. I'm here to bring you a glimmer of hope for tomorrow. This is the Voice of Hope podcast, and you can call me Beacon, your auditory guide to the safety of Castle Refuge. To all Tomorrow Legion teams in the field, your mission profile references are 6, 6, 7, 10, 160, Ace of Spades, 6. To any interested volunteers, Colonel Doreen is putting together a team for one of the Legion's most dangerous missions yet, a rescue mission deep into the heart of Mexico. A few hours ago, Major Desheen of Intelligence has received the following broadcast.
1: To the group known as the Tomorrow Legion, my name is Gail Betzler and I am the last surviving executive of Iron Heart Armament and the leader of the Iron Heart Avengers, or at least I was until 96 hours ago. Since the coalition conquered New Kenora in 105 PA, I have been overseeing a hit and run campaign against the CS Navy as payback for the loss of our home. We have been pretty successful and we found a pretty good base in the ruins of Veracruz. Last week, I sent a group of saboteurs to Fort Pinnacle to attack their latest aircraft carrier, the Arkansas. The last mission update I received was that the team was successful. However, a few days ago, a foretell of about 10 ships from the CS Navy appeared in Veracruz and attacked us. They were serious about destroying us because they even brought the Lone Star, one of their aircraft carriers and the Missouri, their marine assault ship. We were significantly outgunned. I ordered my people to fall back, to get away, to save their families. I was on the bridge, our flagship, providing covering fire for my people to escape. The captain goes down with the ship, after all. The ship broke apart after a barrage from a James Bay destroyer. Killed by a ship of my own design, I knew I was dead. But I came to a couple of days ago in a very strange company. We were in an underground village made of a group of snake deebies called Vernulians in the ruins of an oil facility in Mexico. They were pretty advanced technologically, but from what I understand, they are refugees hiding from their military force that are attempting to exterminate them. Apparently their home military makes the coalition look like choir boys. Anyways, We are here with these alien refugees, myself and the last remaining members of the Iron Heart Avengers. My offer to the Tomorrow Legion, rescue my people and these alien refugees. There are about 150 of us total. I know it seems like a long shot mission, however I am offering payment that is worth the risk. When the coalition took over Canora, my husband put all of our design spec, specialized equipment and our top engineers onto one of our Sky Castle transports and sent them to meet us in Tampico. If you get all of us out of here, the designs, specialized equipment and my engineers knowledge is yours. Of course, the threat to get us is high. The CS Navy's 2nd Fleet left a military outpost in Veracruz to keep it from being used by other pirates but they also left a team of nautical commandos there to hunt for me and my people. On top of that, this area is still crawling with vampires. Since our refuge is only 15 miles away from the vampire city of Minatilon, also the Vernulian military has been hunting refugees in this area as well. All of these things will make it difficult to get to us. Hopefully you will be able to rescue us. There is a small stone pyramid near us on the beach. A psychic image and location is imprinted with this message. Another potential wrinkle you will have to deal with. There is another being that has been around, but we don't really know if it is friend or foe. The creature looks like the cross between a humanoid tree and a seaweed, and it rides a unicorn dolphin horse. It claims it is here to help, but no one is really sure what that means. We await your arrival. Unfortunately, between the vampires, the aliens, and the CS, we don't know how long we can hold out.
0: The Council of Hope has made this a priority one mission, and Laszlo has provided significant resources to ensure its success. While access to the Ironheart armament's designs could change Castle Refuge's position in the region, as well as strengthen the Legion since we will be able to sustain our own weapons and vehicles, it is not our number one priority. Gale and the refugees are in a very difficult location and need our assistance. This will be the farthest mass refugee extraction mission the Legion has attempted, so it will take some significant planning and prep. Any volunteers for this assignment, please contact Legion Command through the normal protocols. Gale, hold tight. The Tomorrow Legion is coming for you. The Legion also recently received this request from an Arcane Anomaly inspection team in the Southeastern Territories. This is Echo Squad, set number 42. Uh... We've recently encountered a local tribal claiming that her entire village was overrun. The tribal is claiming that a neuron beast and series of mind melters are holding her people hostage and located in or around some type of sacred tree. If there's any Tomorrow Legion in the area, please come and assist us. We need your
2: assistance immediately
0: our Legion teams in the area, please reroute yourself to assist set 42. Calatin, our encryption systems have finally decrypted the second part of your transmission. It provides some good information for those looking to travel through eastern Oklahoma.
2: Hey Beacon, it's Calatin again, here to continue my story about my recent adventure. We made it to a little town called Aiken in the Cross Timbers region of Oklahoma. It's a religious community of Christians who accept deities and psychic powers, but they're wary of magic. I talked to a lot of them, and they're good folks, but we just didn't see eye to eye. They like to talk about Jesus a lot. I mean, even more than I like to talk about the gods. So, we tended to irritate each other, you know? Smiley realized real quick that working a proper treaty with them might not happen in the near term. They might be open to trade and aren't real violent with magic types, but they take their religion seriously. Now, I tried to convince some of the villagers that magic didn't have to contradict their faith, but that upset a deaconess in town. They said I was corrupting the youth. That kind of sour talks with them, so he told me to cool it. I did, of course, and I watched the others help the place in the ways they knew. Smiler was working out details of a trade agreement. They need a lot of technical things in the place, but they've got a lot of decent pulpwood for making paper. Sarah and Wilbur were fixing up some of the electrics for the town, and they decided to upgrade the paper mill the place runs. They kept telling me stuff about how that involves some chemistry. Mickey and Chinnitz brought some surplus laser guns and started training folks on good shooting. The town folks in Aiken have this weird martial art where they ram into other folks to knock them down. They have special armor they've made from paper they treat with a chemical concoction they work up. They call their stuff gridiron special. It's pretty decent, as it's cheap to make. It also makes their shoulders look real big, so it's kind of funny to watch them train seeing as no one had any major health problems at the moment and they considered my kind of healing to be heretical i had nothing to do i kept getting a bunch of side-eye from the churchy locals so smiley suggested i make myself scarce well i decided to take a walk and see what kind of nature i could find peace with now some of the folks there said there was this mysterious place not too far from aiken a new village of enigmatic people They said everyone there, save for one, always wear cloaks with huge, cowled hoods. The other one, a woman who knows how to heal folks, will trade with people who come around. The strange place offers medical help, furs, game meat, and repairs in exchange for technical items and other food. I decided to look into it, so I followed some of the instructions I picked up in Aiken. Now, the woods around Aiken are hard to travel through, and the trails don't stay long. The trees are not tall, but they are thick and tough oaks whose dead limbs won't even snap off like you'd expect. Greenbrier and Sumac and Virginia Creeper trip you and catch your clothes every half step. Going through those woods is hard. I made it a good way through, though, when I found a trail the villagers talked about. I walked it a while, enjoying not having to untangle myself every five steps. In about an hour, I got a feeling I was being watched. I tried my radio, but the terrain was pretty hilly, so I wasn't getting a signal. Things were going all right, and I chucked that paranoid feeling the nerves. I found a can of rocks by a pool of water, like the locals described, so I stopped to eat a bite. But then an angry feral dog boy leapt from the bushes to attack me. He wore makeshift armor and a set of vibro-vambraces. A couple of his slashes gouged out chunks of my armor, and I struggled to pull out my trusty vibro-sword. I managed to defend myself long enough to trip backward over a rock. Ugh! That angry beast was about to skewer me alive. He had me dead to rats, and I just prayed to the goddess that she would send my spirit somewhere good.
0: The next part of Calton's transmission is processing now and should be ready for our next broadcast. We also received a very strange and terrifying report from about 150 miles to the south of Castle Refuge on the edge of the Little Rock Magic Zone. Set Kilo, another Arcane Anomaly investigative team, was investigating a bizarre report. Several distraught young sentients approached the team about an evil mystic who came to their village planning to summon monsters to the Hot Springs Lakes. These six lakes are unique because the area is a cluster of ley lines that creates a nexus over each lake This was usually a boon for the Hot Springs area because it provides a variety of seafood to the region that would not normally be available. The team arrived to the area on the evening of a blood moon and witnessed a horror that seems impossible to fathom. Silhouetted by the moon was five monstrous tentacles reaching out of five of six open rifts over the lakes. These tentacles were lashing out in the surrounding villages, with hundreds of smaller tentacles grabbing up individuals, cattle, crushing homes, and seeming to search for anything, such as children. Amongst the tentacles were monstrous figures that looked like fishmen, cutting down defenders and sowing destruction in addition to the monstrous limbs. Sekilo attempted to move down as protectors for the people, but by the time they got into position, the attack was over. The tentacles had already retreated into the rifts. Of the villages in the area, all but one were empty. No people, no animals. Buildings with their roofs ripped off or crushed. The one village that survived had a unique story. This village was near the one unused rift. Apparently, the evil mage the team was warned about was a member of a cult that worshipped an unknown creature deep in the sea. This demon worshipper was drawn to the hot springs because of its unique ley lines, and opened a rift to its master. However, the rift near the town, a group of db's jumped through, fighting back against the massive reaching tentacle, and drove it back through the rift. These individuals could only be described as fish people. Their weapons looked like living things, and some of them flew in carved stone ships, like coalition sky cycles. Many of them died protecting the village. They disappeared as quickly as they came, their dead being carried back into the rift by unusual beasts of burden that looked like dolphins or horses. They weren't really sure. The Legion has helped to relocate the survivors, and Counselor Stargazer has directed teams to be stationed near these rifts on semi-permanent observation posts. Friendly CS members from El Dorado have also been informed of the event. And finally, before we go, I am happy to report my nemesis, the lieutenant, has not been heard from in a few weeks. Sometimes no news is good news. Unfortunately, I've gained some new fans, if I can call them that. While I try to avoid combat since my change of heart, I do regularly work with the Legion basic training, employing my shooting expertise as a trainer for the new Legionnaires. Unfortunately, this week me and some of the other instructors were attacked. A small group of humans and DBs posing as refugees wishing to join the Legion attacked us while we were at the shooting range. While my danger sense keyed, it was too late for Sergeant Hammerheart, who was shot point blank with the NGL-5 the intruder was issued to use. There was at least two adversaries for each one of us instructors using the standard legion equipment that we had given them. All of them seemed to be mercenaries, adventurers, rogues, and scholars. If they had been augmented or magically enhanced, we would have been in real trouble. We were able to defeat them, but none surrendered, and several committed suicide to avoid capture. They all used the war cry in Retribution for Tolkien, which is the battle cry, of the Tolkien retribution movement that has been terrorizing any group that were perceived to have wronged Tolkien. After the attack, I received the following message, apparently from the cell's leader, who seems to have a personal grudge.
3: Beacon, I was sad to see you survive my men's attack. My, I envy your precognition. You were a worthy target on the front lines, and I look forward to holding your tongue of false hope in my hands. This castle of refuse that you and your human-loving friends hide behind is a poor shadow of the greatness that was told Keen. It is a shame to see that the Hammerheart dwarves were not brave enough to join the fight against your beloved coalition. Now they will suffer as you, this council of crushed dreams. Well, I look forward to having you in my sights, Beacon. Until then, preveyor of false hope, ta-ta.
0: Well, with the massive information, until next time, stay safe, move surely, and look out for your fellow refugees. I, Beacon, will guide you to your new tomorrow. Speak to you again soon. I would like to thank Dr. John Stewart for his continued support for the show as Calatin, and I would also like to welcome Dustin Smith and thank him for his Anything that Can Happen Thursday Warrior Princess submission. The links for their works will be in the show notes. Finally, I would like to thank my loving wife for her infinite humor in voicing Gail Betzler, the leader of the Iron Heart Avengers. My love, my life, my heart, and my soul are yours forever. If you have any refugee questions, wish to leave a mission report, or submit a Legionnaire for Legionnaire's Last Call, please email me at voiceofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area and interested in Savage Rifts or Savage Worlds, please look up my new Facebook group, The Capital Savages. And finally, please join our community at the Google Plus Savage Rifts, which is transferring to MeWe, and check out savagerifts.com, the premier Savage Worlds play-by-post community. The Voice of Hope is a Savage Rifts fan podcast. The music in the intro and prologue are Killers and of Thing by Kevin McCloud licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. The audio from the demon introduction and throughout the episode is sounds from Sirenscape. Check out them at Sirenscape.com. Savage Worlds and Deadlands are copyrighted 2016 and trademarked to Pinnacle Entertainment Group. All rights reserved. Rifts in the Megaverse are registered trademarks of Palladium Books.